0: But I do want to say one thing, though. They, I, I thought this was my building. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, everybody in this building should know who the hell I am.
1: Live from the
2: Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. If all
0: Dolan needs
2: to see as evidence of how bad of an owner he is in sports earlier on the show espn bracketologist joe lunardi coming up nfl network analyst bucky brooks from nbc boston tom curran nfl network reporter jim trotter and now it's rich eisen all right everybody welcome to our number two of the rich eisen show on the air if you're just joining us we missed uh, you missed bracketology with joe lunardi um he uh he's got a new book out about the history of bracketology and he told us that what did he say that they're barring anything totally shocking or unforeseen Chris Brockman the four seeds are essentially going to be Gonzaga's top top overall yep number 1 overall uh Baylor and then two uh Big 10 teams Illinois and Michigan and it could be you know if you're ranking the seeds it could be three or four depending on who wins what um Uh, in the Big Ten tournament that's going on right now. Uh, My alma mater, Michigan, is beating Maryland, which gained the game after beating uh, Michigan State. Pardon me. MSU Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage. Ding! Um, (laughs) As uh, I guess they're trying to, on behalf of MSU Spartans by Rocket Mortgage, Michigan trying to refinance uh, Maryland out of the Big Ten tournament. (laughs) Trying to take advantage of... The current interest rate, right uh, now, uh, home Joe home has home. you guys the one seed. Also in your bracket, Rich, Houston. Oh God, remember that game a couple yeah. years ago where, where Michigan needed uh, Pool to throw one in from uh, from half court essentially right. to win the game.
1: Houston, the two seed, along with Michigan, uh, Texas, three seed, Virginia, the four seed and in the, that. And Michigan again, record.
2: Virginia is out of the ACC tournament because of a positive test of COVID nineteen. And Joe basically mentioned how uh, the first round of the tournament is Friday, Saturday, not Thursday, Friday, and that they could basically put Virginia at the very end of Saturday to give them as much opportunity to test into the into the tournament. But there are four teams that are going to be identified by middle of next week, contingency teams to be brought into the tournament if they agree to be in this position, if a team gets eliminated due to COVID-19 problems. And he points out that it doesn't matter what seed they are, and obviously they're not top 68 they're not a first four in and they're not one of the 64 that get in right so they're they're a bubble team that had the bubble burst and they would be put in virginia's spot as a four seed he said that if gonzaga god forbid has a problem they're the top seed overall a team that's like ranked 70th could be going against the sixteen seed that's crazy. a sixteen seed may have a, a good shot to advance but we really obviously don't we, we don't want that to happen no we don't my gosh Uh, In the NFL, Tom Brady has signed a contract uh, extension. Bottom line is it helps save $19 million on the cap now, and it gives him another year at least on the contract that makes him, uh, through the 2022 season, their quarterback in Tampa. That would mean he has a contract on the table to be a quarterback as a 45-year-old in the NFL, which is insane. Cam Newton signed another deal with New England one year, similar to the one last year. Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston. We'll be discussing that with us. Is New England in the market in the draft for a quarterback still? Of course they might be. question is, who's, who's available on that front? And our friend from NFL Media Group, uh, the better half of Move the Six podcast, Bucky <laughs> Brooks here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Bucky Brooks? I'm good, Rich. How's everything? I am better for talking to you. So let's jump into it here. Um, do you think New England is in the market for a first-round quarterback, which, as you know, is not – the M.O. of Bill Belichick. One would think maybe it's because Tom Brady was sitting there for all those years, but do you think that that, that could be actually the new M.O. for New England going into this draft, and if so, who, Bucky?
0: Uh, I think it very much could be in play. I think, obviously, it's about value, and if they feel like they can get a striking distance to get one of the big four quarterbacks, I think they absolutely would, would make that move. And what I mean to big four is, the usual suspects and whatever, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. I think if they can get arranged range to get one of those guys, I think they will do it. I know there will be some discussion about Mac Jones. I just don't know in terms of how New England, when they made the decision to run it back with Cam Newton, I wonder if they're shifting their offensive philosophy and maybe they find a young quarterback who has similar skills so they can build a new and improved offensive approach that allows them to play the way that they want to play, uh, which is take care of the ball, run it, play great defense, and find a way to win games by not beating themselves.
2: Interesting. So the whole, you know, um, chatter, and we all know what chatter's worth in our business, certainly around this time of year, Bucky Brooks, but the chatter of, well, New England, uh, Bill Belichick is tight with Nick Saban, so he'll be as plugged in on Mac Jones as he could possibly be, and that might be certainly sitting there at 15, a rare spot for New England to be sitting in the first round, that might be a good spot for him there. But you're thinking maybe the Cam Newton signing will give you an indication as to who New England would be looking at in the draft.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's how they want to play. If you go back and look, remember, they played a certain style for 20 years with Tom Brady. And because of that, we were accustomed to seeing them have maybe a statuesque pocket passer. That's how Joshua Daniels and those guys want to play. But if you go back and you really look at New England, and you look at the quarterbacks that have given them problems over the years, Cam Newton, Deshaun Watson, mobile playmakers, because mobile playmakers allow you to be imperfect with your personnel. You don't have to have the best offensive line. You may not need to have A-level receivers because the quarterback can make it right with his athleticism. We have seen the league shift towards a more athletic player at that position. I believe from a defensive standpoint, Belichick understands the challenge of that, maybe he wants to get into that lane because he knows what it causes, the headaches that it causes, the defensive play calls around the league when you have a player that can do those things from pocket.
2: Fascinating. Bucky Brooks here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, So where do you stand on the the quarterbacks currently, sitting here after uh, what would have been a combine for all of us? Your evaluation so far of this group would be what, Bucky? Uh,
0: In order, I would go Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and then Matt Jones uh, with the separation behind those guys. Trevor Lawrence, I would say, is number one. I think everyone kind of understands who he is. I kind of describe him as Justin Herbert plus, meaning he has all the things that Justin Herbert brings, but maybe even a little more sizzle when it comes to his arm talent and those things, and that's saying a lot based on how Justin Herbert plays. I think Justin Fields is maybe the underrated uh, quarterback prospect in this class because we don't really talk enough about him. We nitpicked his game. We talked about how he didn't play well versus Indiana and Northwestern. But when you really look at him play, he's a very talented player. I would say arguably he and Trevor Lawrence have always been one and two from the time they were in high school. I think his talent warrants that kind of consideration. I think people need to be careful of making um, the evaluation of him based on the offensive system that he played in which had a lot of option reads where he's waiting on wide receivers to declare which way they're going before he releases it. He is a very talented player, and I think as we look at Josh Allen have success with the Buffalo Bills, I think we need to have our imagination in that lane when we think about Justin Fields. Zach Wilson is the guy who has really come out of nowhere to be at the top of the charts. Zach Wilson was the guy who had to win a quarterback competition prior to last season. He wins it, and then he dazzles at BYU. Tremendous arm talent, great athlete, plays the game the way that you want to see it played, going through reads, and just looking very natural doing it. The one concern will be he didn't play against a high level of competition, not through any fall of BYU's or his own. They just didn't play A-level games, and the one game that they played against Coastal Carolina wasn't his best. He had some flashes, but it wasn't his best game, so you worry about that. Trey Lance, who had his pro day today, Mm -hmm. is outstanding as a prospect. And I think, unfortunate for him, he decided to play in a one-game showcase this year with a team that's not nearly as good as they've been in the past because North Dakota State got beat this year after you left. And so we have that stain on our brain that, ah, maybe he's not as good as he thought. But if you go back and look at 2019, he's talented. He's a dual-threat playmaker, 2,700 passing yards, over 1,000 rushing yards. He's very, very talented, and so I think it's a unique class where you have guys that can do it a bunch of different ways, and now it's about going to the ice cream shop and deciding what flavor do I want today, <laughs> what tickles my fancy, because I think all of these guys have the opportunity to be fantastic.
2: Bucky Brooks here on the Rich Eisen Show. You're the first uh, of this week for sure uh, to have Justin Fields above Zach Wilson on their uh, quarterback draft depth chart, so I will ask you the question I'm asking everybody else. With the question of Darnold or second overall selection on a draft choice uh, quarterback, short of Deshaun Watson, based on our colleagues, and I have Jim Trotter on an hour number three, uh, Steve Weich and he on Huddle and Flow, getting something from uh, David Culley that makes us think that well, Watson might not be in Houston when it's all said and done. Uh, barring that, what do you think the Jets should do at number two overall, Bucky?
0: Sam Darnold has been built a bad hand. Um, He hasn't had all the weapons that you would necessarily want to see. He hasn't had maybe the support that you want from a head coach. But I believe it's in the best interest of the Jets to hit the reset button at quarterback because we've seen the best way to build a Super Bowl contender is to build your team around a quarterback playing on an original rookie deal. Cost certainty allows you to build up the rest of the team and ultimately the team that wins is the best team. That's why we've seen... In the last ten Super Bowls, eight teams that have had quarterbacks playing on Ricky deals. If you take Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, one, I think you're getting a better prospect and player than you were getting with Sam Donald. I think in the system that they're going to play, which is an extension of the Kyle Shanahan system, run game, play action, boots, young quarterbacks should be able to flourish in that. Just look at what Baker Mayfield was able to do under Kevin Stefanski. I think by having a young quarterback on a really cheap and team-friendly deal, it allows you to build up the rest of the team. And then in two years, maybe you have a team that is a legitimate contender for a playoff bid because you've been able to allocate the resources evenly around the team as opposed to having to pick up the fifth-year option and eventually pay Sam Donald a big deal when his play hasn't necessarily warranted that.
2: Justin Fields is a Jet, you think first night of the draft that's what you're thinking right
0: uh i would say justin fields because i like justin fields as a better player but if you're asking me who i think the jets will pick i think they're going to pick Zach wilson why uh Zach wilson for me because see, like rich is, is tough i just think justin fields is a better player i think some like the way that jack fields plays the game he plays it like A quarterback should play. He goes through his progression. He goes through the wreath. He has tremendous arm talent. He has the athleticism and those things. And so I think for them, they may be fascinated by that potential. I would say that Justin Fields, to me, has a higher ceiling. Bigger, faster, stronger, more dynamic. Um, We've seen him play big-time competition in the Big Ten. No slight to what BYU has been able to face, but it's different. And so for me, I'm willing to gamble on Justin Fields over Zach Wilson, even though I think Zach Wilson will be the second quarterback to come off the board. So
2: you think Arthur Smith snaps uh, Justin Fields up, a kid who went from uh, Georgia to the Ohio State because they went with Jacob Fromm instead. Um, So do you think uh, the Falcons jump on him at four?
0: I think it would make a lot of sense if they did because I think if you get him, I know it's a hometown hero. He's playing right there in Atlanta. He's from Georgia. It, It would make a lot of sense. To me, also, when you think about the way Arthur constructed the offense for Ryan Tannehill, a mobile athletic quarterback who was able to really add to the running game by being able to boot out the back door and throw play passes, which are really easy for quarterbacks because it really creates huge separation and open window. I think that will work. Um, And also, because Matt Ryan is there, there's not a rush to get him on the field. And I know we sit here and say that every year guys aren't ready to play or whatever we see these young guys get on the field. But I think in that situation, he would be the perfect uh, mentor in terms of Matt Ryan. It would give them a natural bridge to the next era. So, yes, I think Justin Fields would be the right pick for them at number four.
2: A few more minutes left with Bucky Brooks here on the Rich Eisen Show. Who are we not talking about because we're so focused on the quarterbacks in this draft? Who's who's a gem? Who's so special that we are not talking about in this current draft class, Bucky?
0: Uh, I'm a fan of Big Ten, and I'm going to talk about Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. In a normal year, we will be talking about him and what he brings to the table. Dynamic playmaker on the second level. We saw the impact that Devin White had on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' defense. Mm -hmm. I think Michael Parsons is a unique defender. He can hit, he can run, he can cover, he can give you the nastiness that you want to see. I think he is someone that, for whatever reason, is being undervalued in the process. I think when we look back at the end of next season, we're going to say, Man, how did we miss out on Michael Parsons? Mm. He's a dominant player, and we just didn't talk about him enough, partially because he didn't play his final season after opting out due to COVID.
2: So who who jumps on him? Who do you think? Is he top 10 when it's all said and done? Uh,
0: I think he should be top 10. I would keep an eye on Detroit. I would also keep an eye on if the New England Patriots don't make a move at quarterback and he's somehow in range. He is, to me, a Patriot because of his versatility, his toughness, and what I believe the Patriots want to get back to.
2: Yeah, Bill does like uh, Big Ten guys, as you know. Um, So, uh, lastly, uh, Bucky, I'll ask you, uh, what do you think about the general sense that um, Herbert's better than Tua, will always be better than Tua, and the uh, Dolphins screwed that one up, much to the Chargers' delight? What do you think about (laughs) that knee-jerk, year one reaction, potentially? Or is it knee-jerk? What do you think of that?
0: I think it's very much a knee-jerk reaction. As much as... um, I like what Fitzpatrick was able to do. I think the reason why the Dolphins wanted Tua at the time mm-hmm. is because Tua was going to take care of the football. We know that turnover margin is the number one deciding factor in who wins and loses games. Tua, tongue of our Lord, is going to be outstanding in this league. I think what we have to remember is look at the weapons that were on the outside, and I know Fitz had some success doing it, but he's an off-the-cuff, unscripted playmaker. When you have Tua surrounded by weapons on the outside, which they will upgrade and free agency in the draft, you're going to see a pass-first point guard who distributes the rock. And so when he distributes the rock and lets the weapons eat, you're going to see a very efficient offense from the Dolphins. And I think you will see them score points. And he will remind us very quickly, oh, this is the tank for Tua scenario this is why we had that conversation i think people really jumped off the bandwagon i think they'll jump back on after watching them perform in 2021
2: okay and who do you think the bears last one for you i could talk to you all day who do you think the bears should get at quarterback again deshaun watson if he becomes available and that's why the texans the texans could literally make the harsh make everyone blush when they look at the herschel walker trade you know what i'm saying like they they could they could pull this thing off um, because there's so many people that would be so desperate for it, I don't know if the Bears have the capital for that. Anyway, what do you think the Bears, knowing their front office situation, knowing the coaching situation, what do you think they're going to do when all the pieces land, Bucky?
0: Well, I mean, I think there's certainly going to be serious players for Russell. Russell. I think they want to go all in and try and figure out a way to get it done. If for whatever reason they're not able to get Russell done in Chicago, I think the next guy to cast your eyes on would be Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton played under the offensive coordinator Bill Lazor because they are on a one-and-done scenario where they have to win. I don't think they can wait on a young guy. I would expect Andy Dalton to be in play if they can't pull the trigger on Russell Wills.
2: Bucky, thanks for the call. Let's do this a little bit more often. Truly appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it, Rich. You got it. At Bucky Brooks on Twitter. um, At Big Play Football on Instagram. I follow him. You should, too. He and Daniel Jeremiah at Move the Sticks Podcast. Justin Fields, that's the first there, right? Everyone else has had Zach Wilson. He likes Justin Fields.
1: Hmm, Interesting.
2: I will say this. I will say this. With all due respect. Uh Uh-oh. 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 Mike, you got it? Hit it. With all due respect. With all due respect. respect. Bears fans are thinking Russ, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes. Bears fans are thinking Deshaun, right? Absolutely. They're thinking this is it.
1: Huh? What are you smoking, bro? Give me some. Pass
2: that. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> that last drop that you played of Bruce Arians saying that, you know, because they're, they're sitting there at 20. They're sitting there at 20. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know who I saw tweet this out, so I apologize, but I saw it in my timeline. Somebody said that the Seahawks would be better off if Russell held out for six games. And they would have him for the last 10 would be the inference of 2021, they'd be better off if Russ sat out six games than accepting three first-rounders from the Chicago Bears for Russell Wilson. What
1: was the the rationale?
2: Now, when I saw that, uh, the rationale would be you still get Russ for 10 because he's going to have to come back for his contract not getting told or whatever, something like that at some point. Right. And this is totally off the wall, but – and you could get through with Geno Smith for six games as he's holding out. Yeah, maybe go five hundred. Then take, then then to have, no longer have Russ at all, and get first rounders that would any be anywhere between the lower part of the first round because Russell Wilson's on the Chicago Bears. <laughs> right, right, right. Like you're not even getting the top grade of yeah, you're not first getting, round. Yeah, meet. you're not
1: getting top ten picks. You're getting twenty to yeah. thirty two picks.
2: You know. Like, you're not going to get the value. And plus, the Bears don't have. I mean, honestly, we were joking yesterday the Water Tower, Field Museum, <laughs> that they'd have to throw it all in there. Pequods. Fucking <laughs> hell. What I said, what my favorite one was with the 90 year old fork Deep from dish. Ed DeVevacs. Like, they'll <laughs> just have to throw it all in. Wrigley Field, get the whole plate, the whole play. Deep dish. So, uh, I, don't, I don't see it. No, I don't see it either. But all together, though, the, the, the pie is in the sky in Chicago. Andy Dalton would not be welcome. It wouldn't be – like, don't forget Bears fans. This is how desperate Bears fans are, okay, with all due respect. I said with all due respect so I can continue to just keep piling on. (laughs) This is how desperate Bears fans are, and I know I'm a Jet fan. I am serious. I'm in the glassest of glass houses, okay? Billy Joel. So (laughs) this is how desperate Bears fans are. They were excited about Jay Cutler coming. Remember that? When Jay Cutler, they acquired Jay Cutler. It was essentially like a a, a parade down Michigan Avenue that Jay Cutler were getting. Jay Cutler, this is a guy who's – Jay Cutler's coming. Big arm. He played well with Denver. Yeah, Andy Dalton's not going to cut it. He's not going to move the needle. But Bucky's making sense. He puts together what quarterback could do well in certain system Mm -hmm. and, and try and win games and hold on to the football, right? Very important. Oh, gosh. I would want a, uh, a camera, a GoPro on every Bear fan. Guess what? Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have kept their jobs, and they are going to ride Andy Dalton or die. <laughs> That's coming, maybe. eight four four two zero four. rich what will the Patriots do in the draft now that they have signed Cam for one year? What is the thinking between b- b- and signing Cam for one year?
1: I have no explanation for what I
2: well, well, Tom Curran will, hopefully. <laughs> helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at OReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's OReillyAuto.com slash eisen. on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We're here in Kansas City in support of the Big Slick Charity Weekend.
1: Thank you for doing this. This is amazing that you brought your whole show here whole show is here in Kansas City in
2: support of Big Slick. I want to describe for the radio audience, or would you care to, Jake Tapper, what is on your feet? Eagles, uh, Super Bowl commemorative sneakers with big screaming eagles. I'm not really sure what the texture of the material is.
1: Okay. I have yeah. a more subtle reference to my team. This is the silver of
2: the silver and black Oakland Raiders. Gene Lamont, longtime uh, baseball man. Sweet,
1: sweet, sweet Gene Lamont. <laughs> made the sorry mistake of standing in front of us. The name Lamont is so fun to scream hey lamont see it just rolls and he go this is bush league lamont when he used to come out we used to sing like the the death star march like the darth vader we'd go gene lamont gene lamont
2: (laughs) oh gene lamont gene lamont gene lamont (laughs) i know how seriously you take your kansas city uh food
0: yeah he's sending me videos all the time different different stuff to try and The the
1: text exchange between me and him and some of his other offensive linemen is hilarious. Like, I texted Mitchell Schwartz in the middle of the night about a brisket. Like what and is the what they responded For no reason I was up at that exact time. Weirdly, athletes like pitch perfect a lot. I'm I'm not kidding. Yeah, yeah, I know Bill true. Belichick knows all the songs. <laughs> it's true. He's always singing He's the always, songs. Yeah. Now
2: Brett, when you saw that we had the 2015 World Series I'm a big fan here, of that one but I know.
1: Where's that other one that uh, that uh, the old guy uh, the um, 1985,
2: 1985 one. <laughs> we will replace the 2015 <laughs> one with the 1985 Oh,
1: look at one. this. Oh, look at that. Just, just for you. Just the best. My dad had some tickets to Game 7, but had given them away. So I didn't get to go to Game 7, and instead I had to work at a grocery store. I'd come up, I'd say, what happened? He goes, "Daryl Motley just hit a home run. Go rearrange the milk. <laughs> Great stuff, man. Go rearrange the milk.
2: Uh, CC Stone Street Instagrammed out, like, farewell to his boys, Fisher and Schwartz. I mean, yeah, that, I saw that. That... That leaves a mark on our buddy Eric Stonestreet. He's, he's the modern family star. Um, he's, he's an offensive line guy. He's a proponent for the Big and Uglies. Uh, right yeah. there, you know. So, that's and again, I didn't make that piece right there, but my favorite thing is when he said that, when I said goodbye to Mitchell Schwartz, they called him a member of the tribe, and Stonestreet goes, you know, Chiefs. <laughs> and I'm like, not that tribe. Different, different <laughs> tribe. That's that's different tribe. tribe. You know, I think uh, this book was, uh, was uh, published before Mitchell Schwartz took the field, before Jeff Schwartz, but it is autographed They need by to make a brother. volume two, Rich. There it is. That's Jeff Schwartz's autograph right a there at the star yeah. David. Volume two. Yeah. Alex Bregman, number two of the Houston Astros. Bregman would be in volume star two. Star David. Definitely needs an update. Who would be in volume? Oh. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, <laughs> 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We'll take your phone calls at the end of this hour. Uh, Tom Brady sent out a – put out like a a tweet in Instagram, right, about signing his contract? Yeah, he did. There it is. In pursuit of eight LFG Buccaneers, we're going to keep the brand together. And here to tell us what LFG stands for (laughs) is none other than Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston. Right, Tom? Is that what you're here to tell us that stands for?
1: Looking for gumdrops. (laughs) gumdrops.
2: That was a spinning curve in the zone, and you hit it out. Well done, Tom. Yep. how are you doing, my yeah,
1: friend? How are you doing? I mean, you got to get Edelman for Volume Three. No, I know.
2: <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm. I'm already on that. I'm already on it. Okay. So, so, um, if I had told you a year ago, when we're all wondering where's Tom going, he's not only going to be a Buccaneer, but he's going to win a championship in his first year of the Buccaneers. Is he going to sign a contract extension to, uh, to make it a more cap friendly moment for his team and 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 be a quarterback at age forty five? You would have said what, Tom? You have believed it, right?
1: I would have said I know.
2: Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean
1: I, I mean I really had I had them 13 and 3 and winning the Super Bowl this year and that was before the season began. I it just he was too good. And honestly, we're seeing the reasons that Tom Brady didn't look like a player on the rise born out in the last 18 months here in New England. Um you know, Cam Newton's coming back. Why is Cam Newton coming back? Cam Newton's coming back because the Patriots say it wasn't his fault. It wasn't on him. It was beyond Cam's control. We haven't done a great job surrounding this, any quarterback with good enough players, so we're going to do a better job of it. Cam, come on back. We'll do better this year. And that's what Brady was working with. So I still knew he had the skill to do what he's doing. As for, I mean, I really thought 43 was going to be it, but 43 has come and gone. And there is no sign of slowing down. So, as far as Brady goes, just same as it ever was. Huh? So, before we move on to Cam, uh,
2: we were discussing yesterday, just kind of having fun, as Brady figured it out. mean, uh, the answer is obviously yes. But the question I posed is that, Does he figured it out by it not going for the DAC deal, insisting on the Mahomes deal or Watson deal or Goff deal or Wentz deal and taking less and 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 winning that way and now here he is extending he's he's not taking less he but he's not asking for more as a matter of fact he's reconfiguring so the other guys can be gotten in the fold did brady ever at any point in time sit there and think "I, i i demand that deal and then think twice about it, or the patriots said no and then he had to go in this direction can you walk yeah, me through 20, this whole scenario of Brady doing this year in and year out, Tom?
1: Sure. In, in 2010, he wanted to be paid top of market, and he eventually was. I think it was 6 and 60. I, I might be wrong, but it was, it was a lot, and it put him at the top of the market, and he stayed there. And then in 2013, that's when Kraft said we wanted to come up with an elegant solution mm. to Tom's contract so that we could reconfigure it. So that's when Brady began taking less and agreed to an extension that took him to 17 um through 17. And then 18 and 19, those extensions. So that's when Brady started to say, okay, if you're not going to, if you want to go year to year with me, you don't want to give me the surety that I'm going to be here long term. You want to play footsie with Jimmy Garoppolo while also keeping me appeased and on on the string, then I'm going to want to be paid more. And that's when he started to ask for a little bit more. But during the 2013 to 2018 span, especially after they brought in Garoppolo, he's like, I'll play ball for less to make sure I stay in new England. So what he's doing right now in Tampa is basically what he did do in new England in the aughts and also in the middle of this past decade. And I think it's really just a he felt that was a good faith negotiation. And I know specifically, and you can, you've read about it. He didn't feel as if the Patriots were necessarily negotiating in good faith with him from 2018
2: on so uh tom current nbc sports boston patriots insider here on the rich eisen show so then what do you think the belichick philosophy is going to be at quarterback since obviously there's only as my buddy chris brockman said earlier on brady's a one of one there's only one subset of Mm -hmm. of tb12 where you know when he does get paid top of market you're at a point of time in 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 the nfl food chain if you will in 2010 before the new collective bargaining agreement where six and 60 if that's in fact right around the neighborhood that that's that's one and a half years of (laughs) of Dak Prescott's current four-year deal that he just made Uh, what is their philosophy going to be just uh go and draft one while Cam hopefully continues to win or hope that Cam is that guy like what do you think their philosophy is going to be to try and build this thing back for New England Tom? I think,
1: as you've heard before, people say sometimes not making a decision is making a decision. And the Cam Newton thing, that's a placeholder. That's a CYA move. In case nobody else shakes loose, at least we had Cam in place in an early March so that we could say, when free agency began, yes, we have a player. His name is Cam Newton. Didn't look great last year, but you're going to be part of the reason he looks better this year. But as for what would happen, because it is a reasonable contract, especially when you prorate it over two years. Say he makes $9 million over two years if he doesn't become the starter here. It's very reasonable for, for Cam Newton's services. So they can also still wait for a Jimmy Garoppolo to shake loose from the tree, or a Sam Darnold. or see what kind of dominoes fall post uh, Deshaun Watson, if that ma- makes any kind of a, you know, if there's movement there. But it basically, to me, Rich announces, No thank you on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Appreciate it, but no thanks also on Mitch Trubisky. We would prefer not to have, you know, Alex Smith. All of those players of that ilk have now been passed on in favor of Cam Newton. If nothing else shakes free, well, we'll see how it goes. But I just don't think that the plan really has crystallized for them because they don't control their own destiny, so to speak. They can't guarantee, for instance, that if I put this package together, I can go get Trey Lance. And they can't go to the Niners and say, we're going to give you this package for Jimmy Garoppolo because they're going to look at him and say, what are we supposed to do? We don't know if we're going to get Kirk Cousins or Deshaun Watson or anybody else. So it's kind of a waiting game, I think.
2: So it's a draft day or draft days uh, scenario of domino tumbling is what you're saying. So do you think New England sitting there at 15 Look, they're not. I can't imagine what the package would have to be for the Jets to say yes to them, or the Dolphins at two and three, right? So right. let's 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 aim a little lower. Do they do they go and and move up if they love Justin Fields or they love Land? Uh, you know, uh, Wilson. I mean, it it it, it um, that doesn't sound like New England. But then again, it, they've had Brady for twenty years, so we don't know right. what their that, what their yeah. philosophy and that's really the people
1: is. People I've spoken to about this, you know people who have been in the organization and are in the organization, I said, look, Bill has won with a sixth-round pick. He replaced Bernie Kosar, who would have been the number one overall pick back in the early 90s, late 80s. He replaced him with a retread Vinny Testaverde. He won with a seventh-round pick in Matt Castle. He developed a second-round pick from Division Two in Jimmy Garoppolo. He developed Brissett. Why is he going to go and jump into the top ten? And they said, well, we don't know he's not going to do that because he's always had Tom. So folks close to Bill who know the way he thinks don't think that he is averse to going up. My contention as you look at the New England Patriots is you've done so poorly in the draft at wide receiver and tight end. You've either ignored it or swung and missed so frequently in the last six to seven years and in free agency that you can't be giving away draft picks at this juncture. Their front seven doesn't scare anybody. They might lose Steph Gilmore. They don't have any wide receivers. They drafted two tight ends, neither of whom is going to move the needle. It's just, I don't think it's a great idea to go get Mac Jones or Trey Lance and give up the collateral that you'll have to because the holes need filling now. So uh
2: Tom Curran here on the Rich Eisen Show. So wow, then call my god, No, 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 because I thought you said now. I thought that was a pivot to another statement. I uh, just honestly that's what I thought. Uh Back cadence by me. No, no, that's all good. You know, it's all good. It's all good. That was it, it was like an offsides but we can continue with the play like Aaron Rodgers, not a problem. <laughs> so um so so you mentioned earlier in the conversation that uh it's not Cam's fault. We're going to you know and we'll tell free agents you're going to be part of the reason why Cam's going to look better. So what, what what will they do? Will they be aggressive? And what do, you, what do you see as the fixes? You just mentioned a bunch of holes that they have that uh, they, they're they going to try that, that, that would require them to hold on to their draft choices as opposed to give them a way to move up for a young quarterback. What do you think they do? And my final question to you here, sir.
1: I think, Rich, I think they start on defense. I think you're closer on defense. I think stopping points is, while it's not easy – um, it'll keep you in more games. You can manage the game on offense as the Patriots did and won seven times with a roster on offense It wasn't very good. But defensively, they were getting walked through. So to me, the, your cure is Dalvin Tomlinson from the New York Giants, since Leonard Williams has been franchised. And then on the edge, it's Trey Hendrickson. Pay hey, those two guys, 13 and a half sacks for Hendrickson last year. You have Hightower coming back. You have Patrick Chung coming back. You just, you know, you've got a good defense. Even if you move on from Steph Gilmore via trade, which may be another way to extract a quarterback, by the way, then you can go and and try and build your offense with some heady draft picks. But to me, I think free agency might was resol- could revolve around where Bill feels most comfortable, and that's working on defense.
2: All right, I lied to you. I have one more, and I know you got to go, but uh, go I got one more for you. Uh, can you give me any insight on Nick Casario and what he's thinking right now and, and how he might play this Deshaun Watson situation that seems to be more untenable with each passing day? And, he, and Watson hasn't even opened his mouth yet to a, a member of the NFL media on camera or his own social media accounts that could send this thing spinning in a totally different direction out of control. What, what, what is going on in the minds of, of somebody who comes from the Patriots system, which might have been the issue for, for Watson, and, and, and what his stance might be just knowing him at all? Tom, um,
1: I think if you have a new England bent on things mm-hmm. that you going up, look, you signed a contract. We signed contracts and we respect them. He signed a contract. We, we expect him to respect it. But again, there comes a point and we saw it, for instance, just recently with Michael Bennett, you've seen it over the course of time with beyond branch, even in 06, there comes a point at which you have to say, okay, that's it. You can't do it anymore. It's a distraction. The rest of the team is being bothered by it. So I would imagine they will try to gingerly talk to Watson about staying, but he seems so solidly dug in, not just against the football team, but against the culture. And he's put himself out there so boldly that you're not going to talk him off the ledge. So there will come a point, as much as they insist otherwise, we're doing what's best for the football team and getting rid of one of the three best quarterbacks, in my estimation in football, <laughs> means he has, You'll have to do it, don't you agree, Rich? You oh, watch yeah, a lot Tom. of football too. You know, Bill. I've been to saying the point. Yeah,
2: I've been saying there's a door A and there's a. let try and make it work, and and door B is uh, the Godfather offer that makes door B far more attractive than the door A that you really, really, really want to make work, and you have to essentially choose door B over door A. And the problem for them is door A can't be fixed with a contract or money or security right. because he's already got it. You know, like, that's that's the ultimate issue here for in this situation. And you've got to
1: help the team. You're not saying goodbye to Deshaun Watson and there's a massive void and nothing comes back. There's a time where you have to start investigating, okay, what's best for the team and how much can we get back that will ultimately help us. It sucked to say goodbye to him. Of course.
2: Certainly if you can play two teams in the same division off each other and the Jets and the Dolphins, the Bears are desperate and... I mean, you know, the Niners might be involved in this, and but the problem is, is that Deshaun Watson, on top of all this, holds all the cards because he's got a no trade clause. He could basically say, "Oh, great yeah. deal that you just made with the Jets. Uh, I don't want to go there. That'll be the end of that." Yeah. You know, I mean, it's so. funny. You know,
1: people up here are like, "Well, why, why, why don't the Patriots get in on, on Deshaun? <laughs> he wants to, he wants to come. Is here where he's going to have a seat at the table? Are you out of your mind?"
2: Anyway. <laughs> Take care of yourself, Tom. Thanks for the call. Greatly appreciate it. All right, it. Rich. Thanks for having me. You See bet. You. Uh, check out Tom Curran <laughs> on NBC Sports Boston and uh, follow him on Twitter. I do. Did he, didn't he sound like straight out of Goodwill Hunting when he said the word Deshaun? Right? Deshaun. Deshaun. Oh. Right? you know, was like, yeah, here's, he's, where's he going to have a seat at the table? Deshaun's not coming. Pat's he's not coming. because they also yeah. don't have the draft cap at all. They don't have the draft capital. The Jets could do it in like the Dolphins can Dolphins too. Could do it. The Jets well, could do it in seconds. They can replenish you at quarterback and replenish you with the Dolphins can replenish the Texans with their own draft choice. Yes, it's think, theirs. I it belongs to is them. staying put though. Well, because no, all of these coaches have to say this is our guy because if Deshaun doesn't shake free, you don't want to tie yourself to the Texans' fortitude. You don't want to tie yourself to the fact that the Texans are going to be particularly stubborn. What if they're ridiculously stubborn? Suddenly you're not tied to it because you've made mention and plus it's also something called tampering. Yeah. You gotta say something, you know, about your guy and because you do believe like right now, March twelfth, right? March twelfth. Okay, well, March twelfth. Confirmed. Okay. confirmed. You know, uh, <laughs> Brian Flores maybe in a private moment with somebody who he knows, you know, he can trust, would say, sure, if Watson comes available, we'll do that. But publicly and professionally, his quarterback is Tua Tungo-Vailoa right now, March 12th. So, of course, these guys are going to be saying everything that they're saying, and kudos to Joe Douglas to say, our phone's open for Sam Darnold. And he could easily say that because they've got the second overall pick and they can use it on a quarterback. And everyone knows that. So he can extract the most from somebody who might fall head over heels in love with Zach Wilson or is afraid that they might take Justin Fields and they got to go get him. That's why Jets holding a ton of cards. Now, in terms of what the Texans can say publicly, they put their head coach out there with my friends Jim Trotter and Steve Weich on the Huddle and Flow podcast and his comments made a whole big to-do And then he had public comments afterwards that kind of walked it back, the it being he right-nowed his quarterback. He's our quarterback right now, which makes us seem like, okay, then what? what, And a lot of things can happen between now and then. He said, well, what's the then? We know what the now is, but what's the then? So Jim's going to join us in hour number three. If you missed any of those comments, we'll play them for you. But when we come back, we'll take your phone calls at 844-204-RICH on this Friday edition of the Rich Eisen Show on Peacock and this Rich Eisen Show radio station, Terrestrial and Satellite. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets Let's go out there and broadcast. Yeah! The Vince Lombardi Trophy is sitting here in all of its beautiful, shiny
1: glory. Look at you, You got a big desk, you got a rock and roll band, you got the Lombardi trophy. Right
0: now I'm feeling really low. Like, yeah, you're, but... you're up like Yao Ming, and I'm looking up to you. <laughs> uh, you're <Moxie> a Muggsy <laughs> Yeah, I'm Muggsy right now. This is very Tonight show like. I mean, I feel like I'm Ed McMahon over here. No. I should have
2: the great Karnak visit us. <laughs> yes, I should open the envelope. Here we go, HTC okay, Mike right, and the Houston right. Texas cheerleaders, everybody. Six.
0: <laughs>
2: There's a bit of pizzazz there. Oh Dang. wow, you almost threw out your back right there. <laughs> yes. You
0: don't bring me in here no. to do traditional stuff. Say go. Oh! What? Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: was he holding me or was he not holding me i came to find my wallet my wallet is missing right now Man, rich, Come on. i'm just saying you look like it might stink a little bit rich everybody be like yo i saw rich eyes and leave the bathroom and oh my god what'd he eat
2: how in the hell do you do that with your you know what chef? it's magic baby it's magic <laughs> He swears that he's going to be able to get a selfie with Lady Gaga. Yes or no? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm bringing a peck poppet. I'm bringing a peck poppet. You ready? to me a key catch. Here we go. There, there we go. got like it. got like it. $100,000 pyramid, man. Come on, win some money, baby. Help somebody win some money. $100,000. Guarantee $100,000 for whatever lucky individual <laughs> your producers care to pair up okay. with.
0: Okay. This man won a major
1: award last mm. night the Pat Summerall Sports Broadcast Journalist Award. Thank you. It's the biggest award there is, folks. So give it up. Thank you. And it looks it looks like, Rich. Yes. It looks like something was drank out of it. Yes. <laughs> Jaeger, Jaeger.
2: <laughs> Actually, it was red wine. You could see the red tint in yeah. the uh, oh, yeah. top of the chalice right there. I think Jack G brought that some was good a uh, good juice to Houston, and good we, uh, was we was just there. poured it in there. Oh, my great gosh. night! And by the way, uh, I did go on the, the pyramid, and I would have given some. I would have won someone a hundred thousand dollars, but it was for fifty thousand because she it was her first time in the winner's circle, right. and I, I did get her to the top of the pyramid but she blew it in giving a clue. She gave a word out in the clue. She said the word by accident. I didn't didn't throw anyone under the bus, it was her fault. It was her fault. It It was was like, what what would caffeine say? And instead of saying, you know, I'm in soda and I make you nervous, or I'm in coffee and I make you nervous, she says, I'm caffeine, and they they buzzed her.
0: Yeah, yeah, done.
2: But I got her, and then every other clue she gave, I got her to the top of the pyramid because I'm born for it.
1: (laughs) Give away. Give away cash and prize. Yes. We know.
2: Yes! That's all I want to do is give away cash and prizes. And host The Rich Eisen Show. Back here on The Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH. Uh, right here on Peacock. Hit, hit play on it, Don. I, I want to talk about it to my radio audience, too. And the it being Punky Brewster's back, everybody. Punky Brewster's now a mom. Soleil Moonfry on the classic show. It's now a Peacock original. And it's free right here on Peacock, which you can get and watch us every day after the dan patrick show every day 12 to 3 eastern on nbc sports on peacock download the app or go to peacocktv.com. it is free let's go back to the phone lines here on the rich eisen show uh let's go to ryan in pennsylvania what's up ryan hey rich how are you hey
1: i'm good watching
2: on peacock that a boy <laughs> we appreciate that peacock says hello
1: Hello. So I wanted so, to weigh in on the Michigan State and Rocket Mortgage thing. Okay. <laughs> so Michigan State is not renaming its basketball team. They're simply taking advantage of an illustrious illustrious sponsorship deal. Okay. So they're not asking that to be called out on broadcast or radio shows. Right. Um, however, Rich, I will make an agreement with you. Yes. If you insist on calling them the Michigan State Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage, yes. then it would also be reasonable for nice. you to refer to your favorite alma mater coaches as the University of Michigan, Jay Ira and Nikki Harris, family head football coach, Jim Harbaugh, and the David and Meredith Kaplan men's basketball coach, Juwan Howard. No, Thanks I, for taking my call, Reg. You
2: got it. I appreciate that. And what, what uh, my friend going higher register just mentioned is that Michigan, like many schools, takes uh, names, the the head coach, uh, a title. He just mentioned their names. I don't know what their names are. You can look them up. That's so technically he is the name of benefactor that gave a ton of money to the school head coach. (laughs) Similar to this is Michigan State MSU Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage. Totally different. Completely different. Nobody asks Jim to be called that, and I know Michigan State's not being asked to call that. Been to call them this, but they're also sending out a press release saying they're MSU Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage. What else are we supposed to believe? And, you know, name of couple that gave a ton of money to the University of Michigan does not equal sounding like it's a sponsorship or a bowl game for all the Tostitos, baby. <laughs> all the Tostitos. You know what I mean? Like it's not, uh, it's not at all the same thing. As a matter of fact, congratulations to my friends in East Lansing. Uh, University of Michigan, no sponsor here, just avenged uh, MSU Spartans presented by rocket mortgage lost to Maryland. And there was a lot of rockets going on out there.
0: We're okay. All the Tostitos, baby.
2: Thank you. A lot of rockets, and, you know, it was as if the mortgage market was blowing up. <laughs> Maryland and uh, Michigan got off their benches, and Jawan Howard needed to be held back by several assistants as it seemed like he was going, at, he was yelling. There's a lot of exchange, words exchanged between Michigan and Maryland. I can't wait to hear the post game press conference, um, where he needed to be held back. He was ejected. Whoa! Michigan. What? Jawan Howard is is all sorts of. Was it the shorts? Salty. Is that what set him off? I shorts? don't know. Maybe did, did, did somebody? Uh, he he might have thought he was in Chrysler Arena, and somebody asked to see his identification. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> Phil Martelli go. is on your coaching staff. Damn straight he is. So Phil took over. He's given the post game. Uh, yeah, the wrap. Oh, he's up given the he's given the wrap up.
1: He was Juwan? he was speaking afterwards uh, oh, okay. on the Big Ten Network.
2: Yeah, I mean, Juwan needed to be held back, and it spilled off the bench, and then you you know his assistants couldn't. You know, calm them down. Troops are salty. Michigan's in the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament. Here we go. Presented by. I don't know what the tournament is presented by. I wonder by. what uh, the Brought to off. you by. Uh, let's go to our friend Manny in El Paso. Been hanging on for a while. Manny. How you been, Manny? It's been a while.
1: Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Manny. What's going on hey. with you? Manny. It's always a pleasure to say hello to you guys, but I also want to say hello to a fellow Rich Eisen show fan, Blake Shelton. How are we doing, Blake Shelton? Hey, Blake, hey Blake. what's up, man? Well Happy done. Friday, Blake. He says
2: he listens on. Uh, it comes to football, oh my God. Sure
1: sure mm-hmm. All together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rich Rich Eisen.
2: Eisen. Everybody, clap for Blake. Yeah.
1: Clap for Blake. There you go.
2: Shout out, Blake. Happy Blake. Friday. What's going Mr. on, else, man? Mr. Eisen.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, speaking of Jerry Jones. My grandmother, God rest her soul, came up with the perfect nickname for him. But I was watching a game. She called him El Diablo de Dallas. Now, that press conference that he did, uh, he didn't sound too convincing. I think he's a little mad because Dak did get into his wallet. I feel he tried to go high register, hmm. but he's physically incapable of doing that. It's just his voice isn't I don't know. Man, I do mind
2: paying Dak that much money. Like, that's the sort of thing is what you would have done? Uh, I don't know, man. Look, Manny, Let- he, he had to do it. It's his money. The question is, is how else is he going to split things up where he can afford to to win with the rest of the team? It's a very expensive contract. The amount of money that he could have, and True. I appreciate the call. Thank you, Manny. The amount of money that he could have saved by signing him earlier is another player, another potential couple of players that you could sign. Uh, I don't know how that would work out, but they had no choice. Dak's the man. Dak is a top 10 quarterback in this league and Dak's going to get the Dallas Cowboys on everybody's favorites to win the NFC East. There'll be some that can depending on what we see in the draft and free agency if they can do anything. Uh, You're already hearing what the Cowboys are. I, I don't know who said it this week. Somebody did coming on here. I don't know which you know all of our guests have been so spectacular. I'm I,
0: a lot, of, I, football. A lot I, of football. I don't know you
2: maybe can tell me which one, but you're already seeing the Cowboys are saying the, the one of the biggest acquisitions has already been in-house for a few months, and it was former Falcons coach Dan Quinn as their defensive coordinator, that you're going to see him bouncing around on the sidelines, you know, you got your your stoic coach who looks like he's standing there out of South Park in Mike McCarthy, right? <laughs> Come and, on. And Dan Quinn wow. is going to... No, seriously. You're like, <laughs> wow. wow. Am I wrong? Did you just call Mike McCarthy Cartman? He Cartman. does look like him Respect a little my bit. I don't know if that's a compliment. No, it's what he looks like standing okay, uh, there. And so... You know, Quinn's gonna be bouncing off the walls and, and I you know, slapping helmets as they're coming off the field, getting a three and out and let's go. You know, and I think that will permeate that defense and Jalen Smith is gonna respond and Tank Lawrence is gonna respond and let's hope Van Der Esch is healthy and Alden Smith. You know, he can keep going on and on and then you can coordinate it and suddenly Dak is not gonna be down twenty four nothing. You might just be down fourteen nothing, and that's definitely something you could make up. That's like a backhanded no, compliment. No, but there. I, I, you're already hearing that out of Dallas. Jim Trotter, what's coming, what we're hearing out of Houston is something. We'll talk about that in a second. But we're still here on Peacock. Do you see what I'm saying here is that defensively, just that alone, that this guy is going to be bouncing off the walls and he's going to have some sort of let's go get him rah-rah mentality, that what he's selling – will be bought in a way that what Nolan was selling wasn't bought by certain members of the media uh, of the team that was talking to our friend Jane Slater, unnamed, if you remember, all of that stuff, coming out of the defensive part of the locker room and everything falling apart there last year and that they also have the scheme fit that Nolan didn't have. You're already seeing that right now. So Dak needed to get done. He did get done. And he got done in a way that does allow them more flexibility to get other things done to maybe protect him. They don't have to get weapons. I mean, all the stuff that you're talking about, you got to gotta surround yep. Darnold. you got to surround Cam. you got to surround, you know, Our receivers fill in the blank. Good. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about the running game. You don't have to worry about the passing game. That thing is set. You need to worry about the protection so the running game and the passing game can be executed. And you got to stop some people. Yeah. Who's going to help stop some people? That's what – I mean, Dallas should go and hit the crap out of both lines and the back end of the defense in the draft. And whatever they can do in free agency What the bargain – isn't that what uh, Ian Rappaport said? It was the bargain – they're going to go to the bargain basement of the yeah. free agency, the feline's basement. I, of Faleen's Faleen's ba- basement. Ba- ba- basement, yeah. right. as you yeah, said it yeah. Right, so – How about
1: them Cowboys?
2: So there you go. And, and I think there's going to be no doubt – talk of the NFC East championship is already theirs to lose and then who else can they beat we'll start talking about the NFC South will be wow. down right you'll say that you know Atlanta's not to be concerned and Carolina's going to have a new quarterback whoever the heck that's going to be and we'll see what happens with New Orleans and then you know Tampa's going to be the the along with Green Bay the teams to beat and you know, can NFC Dallas be, West. is Dallas in better positioning than everyone else in the NFC Central? The West, obviously, the West is something that we'll be keeping an eye on. But Dallas is up there. Yeah, and I'm going higher register, but I'm, I don't think I need to. Yeah. I mean, look, we get our line back. Like Collins was hurt,
0: Tyron Smith was hurt, Zach Martin got hurt. They're coming back. Here we They'll go. be healthy. You know, let's. But you're right. The defense is Just
2: hit uh, the we'll crap out of that, and those. they already think that they've got the coordinator for it. The, and we haven't had a raw, raw coach in a while, either. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> what I'm saying. How about them? What's going on with the Texans? Jim Trotter here on the Rich Eisen Show.